Welcome to the Winged Wheel Podcast. Here to talk all things hockey are your hosts, Brad Crisco, Ryan Hanna, and Evan Lobsinger. So in true Ryan form, uh, I got a little bit ahead of myself and got a little bit cocky. Um, you guys uh, never, ever want to hear about the mundane details of my life, which is why I inundate you with them. And not too long ago, you'll remember uh, I got the furnace and air conditioning installed in our old ass home. Uh, I was over the moon about it. And the furnace obviously worked right away. But um, the air conditioner, like all like the, the vents and everything were laid and everything out like other than the air conditioner was actually installed. And I thought that's just because the air conditioner like still had to come in. No, it's sitting like the, uh, the installer has it at his place, but it has to be hot for like a week in a row before he can install it. Something about calibration. And, uh, so the, like, it's going to be fine. We're going to have it soon, but it is very, um, hold on. What is this in Fahrenheit? It is very, uh, 82 degrees. Oh no. In my house right now. <laughs> so I was saying to you guys before, uh, this shirt that I'm wearing is the first article of clothing that's not been my gym shorts that I've worn in like nearly 24 hours. <laughs> that is hot. This is in no terms bueno. of the temperature, not the gym shorts. Yeah. Thank you, Evan. I feel how Evan looks right now. <laughs> I feel like I look. Uh, Evan, why are you? Tell us why you are so devastatingly tired. Because I had to work from two a.m. to eight a.m. this morning. <laughs> it was honestly wasn't that bad when I woke up, but by about like five o'clock, I was like, no more, no more. Thank, thank you. But there was three more hours, and uh, so I'm a little bit off my schedule right now. So I hurt. So what was the game plan? You went to bed at 6 p.m. to wake up at 2 a.m. and then you're just going to ride it through the day or was there like a 9 a.m. to noon nap in there? I laid on the couch last night from like 9 to 11 and then I went to bed. Then I got up at 2 and then I went to bed at 8.07, 8.05 until like noon. So I got like seven hours of sleep, but it's not ideal. No, Not, not my usual 10. (laughs) <laughs> oh my god he's not kidding he actually gets 10 like sometimes when we have to record late it's like we'll start at 9 30 and evan goes all right hurry up my bedtime's in 15 minutes <laughs> it's true it's very true I, I like to get to bed early i I, uh, I can relate to it my bedtime is now around 10 10 30 most nights thanks to hank but uh i'm getting up at six so that's uh that's a good seven and a half to eight if no children wake me up in between which never happens See, I want to be there. I want to be like in a sleep by 11, up by six person. Yeah, no, it sucks. I don't recommend it. Hey, all oh. this all this crap about, oh, you wake up, you get your day early, you're productive. No, you're not. <laughs> there, it, there is nothing productive that happens in my life before 8 a.m. Nothing. I, I managed to change Hank's diaper and feed him and I'll feed me. That's it. That's my morning until that point. Those That's three like things combined. care the loving care of my two young children like i don't get anything done <laughs> a diaper change and food for a three-year-old well four in a couple days and a six-month-old takes 20 minutes combined i always remember miko's birthday because she came around may 2-4 yep and today is may 2-4 and we got two days now yeah good for her four years old oh my goodness Just hanging We're- in there um Welcome to the Winged Wheel Podcast. Very hot right now. I'm Ryan Hanna. I also have heat stroke. 
I am the sleepy sleepy dwarf. That wasn't Evan doing his usual uh, cause dead silence to give Ryan an aneurysm bit. That's actually just his response time for this episode. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to be a purple heart effort today. <laughs> you guys want to know what we're going to talk about on the Winged Wheel podcast today? Uh, can, I, can I guess? Yeah, go for it, Brad. Is it the exact same thing we've talked about for the last roughly 37 episodes? My my topic notes did not change at all. The subnotes did a little bit. Like, I changed the draft uh, prospect we're covering. But in order, July draft, return to play, uh, NHL draft prospect profiles. And then quick hits in overtime if we have them. It has not changed. <laughs> and I'm grateful because there's actual news on these things and there's content and there's discussion for sure. But... <laughs> It is uh that note has been static for a long, long time. It's not quite Groundhog Day because every time is slightly different. It's like the every episode is the alternate universe version of the previous episode. Wow, I hate how accurate that is. <laughs> okay. All right, so uh the draft. Well, actually, we're going to skip ahead here to the return to play for a moment because we need the context. Um, For those of you who have listened to the last episode, you'll note that uh, as we were recording last episode, the NHLPA um, started voting on or their executive board started voting on a resolution to agree to the NHL's proposed structure uh, if there was to be a return to play. So this wasn't an agreement that they were going to return right now, but it would be the structure if they are able to return, which was the 2014 playoff. Um, Since uh, the episode has dropped, they have uh, voted to agree to the um, proposed changes and uh, the vote was 29 to 2 in favor. And we'll, we'll get into who voted against in a little bit here, um, which means that the NHL Players Association um, has uh, authorized that structure and authorized continued negotiations and discussion on how return to play is actually going to happen because they have to figure out the whole safety and where and how thing. So uh, that's where we're at. And um, obviously, the discussion is gaining some steam. Um, the common thread throughout all of this is that if they're able to pull this off it's not going to be quick we're not going to see a stanley cup raised in july or august or probably even september like we're talking late fall early winter is a very real chance it could run that long could go sooner for sure like you never know how things are going to turn out and um it depends on how they tackle this and how you know brave they want to be or how much the world changes which Literally no one can predict right now, Um, but this is going to be a long timeline, which leads us back to a point that Brad made on a previous episode, um, which is that this draft needs to happen well before that for a lot of different reasons. You know, you're paying scouts and drafting team salaries. Um, When you have those players that are draft eligible and say the OHL season starts or the QMJHL season starts or the DEL season starts, do those players want to be playing games and ruin their draft stock by injury? Like what does Alexi Lafreniere or Quentin Byfield have to go play back, uh, go play some CHL games, put up 17 points in five games, but then, you know, tear an ACL in the six. Like what, what's the point of that? Um, million different reasons, a myriad of them. So the draft still needs to happen before they start. And if they want to start by July, August or September, that means they have to make the decisions about the draft that we came close to before and now have dialed away from. And and some people are starting to talk about that again. So again, on the table in front of us, the most prevalent decision 
is what do you do with the draft lottery in the NHL draft? Well, first, before I, I get into that, I do want to address one point about how last episode we talked about one of the needs for the draft to happen ahead of September is like you just mentioned, do we want these prospects going and playing in the CHL? Now, I did see some pushback on that point, and they're like, why? It's just extra development for them. And from a development standpoint, yeah, sure, can't hurt. But that's not why it matters to these players. Is there a person on this planet who thinks Alexi Lafreniere is not playing in the NHL next year? No, everybody knows he is. If he goes and plays for a Muski and suffers some kind of season-ending injury, concussion, ACL, doesn't matter. Just if he's out for the season, that start to the season cost him a million dollars plus because he's not getting an NHL contract or NHL salary this year then. And he's not the only one because God knows uh, Byfield and Stutzla and a bunch of other guys are going to be pushing for NHL jobs this year. And in the CHL, like Stutzla will get paid in Germany, so that's not quite apples to apples. But for Lafreniere, Byfield, Drysdale, uh, the CHL guys... It's either they get $0 this year or they could get an NHL contract. And that matters a lot to them. So as easy as it is to say, who cares? It's just development. Yeah, to us, it doesn't matter. To them, it's everything. Yeah, there's a lot at stake here for these guys. And I know people like to romanticize the hockey player where they're like, they just care about getting on the ice and, you know, they don't care about where they go, whether it's first or 30th, they're still going to give it their all. And, you know, money's not everything, but. I mean, put yourself in their position as the neighbor's dog just does not stop yapping. Oh, my God. Man, that's loud because that's a detached house. That's impressive. Yeah, he's not even in. He's not even like this is like kitty corner neighbor, like a backyard. Uh, Anyways, these players care about these things and they should. They're human. We would all feel the exact same way. And it still doesn't like de-romanticize the game. Like they want to go play NHL hockey and be paid for the skills they have. Um, here's the thing, the NHL or the NHLPA, when those teams were voting on, when those teams reps were voting on this, uh, solution, this 24 team, uh, playoff structure, um, 29 to two does not reflect the amount of contention and discussion there was on the call where the NHL officially put it forward to the NHLPA. That was a very contentious call. It got heated. Uh, people had a lot of dissenting opinions more than just two teams that voted against it did not like it. But it was reported that the general notion was that the teams, and I'm I'm paraphrasing here, plugged their noses and just accepted it for the greater good or just to move it forward. They knew it wasn't going to be perfect, but they needed to get some kind of agreement in place. And so my question is, how come we can do that when it absolutely bones teams like pittsburgh and any of these teams that are now going to come into playoff series cold or have to do a coin flip against a team that was not even remotely close to a playoff spot but when we're talking about a draft lottery where the worst things that would happen is that the teams that like ostensibly deserve the top picks the most would get a higher chance at those top picks it's like no no screw off that's the stupidest proposal i've ever heard we're gonna stomp at that proposal and also we just kidnapped your family for even suggesting it screw you the cognitive dissonance is mind-numbing how do the same and i get it like it's 
the NHLPA was voting on something that has to do with player like uh, getting on the ice now and the um, the the combat against the uh, adjusted draft lottery came from the GMs and the owners and people who are looking organizationally and far reaching. I get that they're different things. Please, I do understand that. But the if you look at the overall notion of just plug your nose so you can find the best possible solution or the least bad solution now. I think the proposed draft lottery that immediately got shot down was less of a uh, huge, like unfair scale shift than this 2014 playoffs. I guarantee you if Chicago or Montreal or another big market team was 31st to 25, we would have a resolution on the draft lottery. Yeah, what is it? The three California teams, Detroit, yeah, it's New Buffalo, Jersey. New Jersey, Anaheim, LA, San Jose, Ottawa, and Detroit. That couldn't be any more of a shorthanded deck. Like, there's what? no, no, like, it's dollars and cents. Like, honestly, though, what are the biggest markets there for hockey? Detroit and Ottawa. So the teams that would get the most benefit, they still shot it down. Dumb. Uh, I mean, like, Buffalo is constantly, like, the best rated TV market That's because, true. but... I mean, I don't know how you want to qualify that with teams, man. If the <laughs> the league, like, you don't even have to rig anything. Just like look at it this way: you have a team, an original six team that should be a large hockey market that desperately needs to get back in it after being out of it for the better part of a decade, and you have a team in Ottawa who has an owner that has drastically tanked the value and the attendance in that team, and both of them can have a huge, huge boost, and you don't even have to cheat you don't even have to cheat you don't have to listen to people you know talk out their asses about you know they rigged the Sidney crosby lottery to save pittsburgh you don't even have to do that it's right there in front of you put the hammer down bill daly gary bettman just do it <laughs> if you're if we're talking dollars and cents you have the the team in the in canada's nation capital and one of the most historic sports franchises of all time, the Detroit Red Wings. Throw them a bone. And it hurts literally nobody because none of these 1.5% or 4.5% teams can be complaining even before they had a shot at the playoffs. And now they have coin flips to make the damn playoffs when they would not have caught up in these last dozen or so games. You know, Brad, I blame you because I had uh, stupidly like numb my mind and just stopped getting you know, like thinking about it. I was like, I understand that this is, it doesn't make sense, but I can't possibly keep getting worked up about it. And then last episode, you're like, no, Ryan, here's some other things you need to consider. Here's some really great points for you to mull over for the next three or four days until next podcast. I don't want you to be calm. Screw you, Brad. It's what I'm here for. <laughs> it's, oh man. And I, Well, I, I heard another proposal that uh, could even the fairness. So again, to ask you guys another hypothetical what are the odds the Montreal Canadiens, to use this, the 12 verse 5 as an example, what are the odds the Montreal Canadiens win five straight games against the Pittsburgh Penguins? Wait, what do you mean three straight games? Five straight. I know what I said. What are the odds Montreal wins five straight against the Penguins? Two. Zero. So well, zero and two? Yeah. So we'll average that out at 1%. Hey, that was their odds of making the playoffs. <laughs> there you go. They have to sweep a full five-game series. Pittsburgh wins one game, and Montreal's done. Now the regular season means something. 
I I actually don't care. Like I have said it on last episode. I've tweeted it since. I was like, the only thing I care about is I care about two things with these playoffs as just like a neutral hockey observer here. Like our team, like my team very clearly does not have a horse in this race. My team wasn't even allowed into the stadium. That's how far out of the team, the playoffs my team is. You We're eating crayons on the bus. Yeah. <laughs> We're here. <laughs> We're hearing about it from someone who watched the highlights and they didn't even watch the same year's races highlights. We I care about a 16 team playoff, which they are eventually getting down to. They're recalling it the, the plan, whatever. And I care the that they plan. Do, yeah. And I care that they do it safely. That's the, a whole nother debate. And that's a whole other debate. And you know what? I've stayed away from that debate. I have not argued with people on it because that is just uh, who can predict, you know, and who I knows? Can. Did you see those videos surfacing of people at that one park in Toronto yesterday? Oh, my God. Oh, I can predict. It's going to. Look, we I, are every, nobody wants to be inside, but please, the more you do that, the more we're going to come back in. I saw some, uh, I'm not even going to get into numbers, but no, uh, it's not great. My favorite is the cause of this. And it, it's the most 2020 thing imaginable. You look at the numbers of COVID cases when everything started open, opening back up. Nothing was trending down. Nothing. Sure, it was flattening a bit, which was what we were trying to do. People just got bored. They're like, yeah, I'm done with the quarantine. We need to get back outside. (laughs) That's all that happened. We got bored, and now people are going to die. That is, oh, I can't even, the 2020 in that, I can't even fathom. And I don't have any opinions on the safety of these players going back into hockey because i don't i'm not a doctor i'm not an epidemiologist i don't know i (laughs) i don't know how they're going to stay safe i don't know what the odds of them staying safe are i don't know what the proper protocols to follow can they even be safe sure but do you think what is it going to be 500 nhl players are going to follow the guidelines a thousand percent absolutely not they can't even Oh, I'm not even going to say that. But anyways, no, it's this is going to get bad. And hopefully the NHL gets ahead of it. There's a there's a lot of leeway for them to work with. Like, for example, Mel and I go out. So we had there's a park nearby our house um, and we take Abby for walks there. And when we go, we enjoy the fresh air and we walk six feet wide of people. Simple. We don't, we're not stupid. We don't like put our hands on surfaces. We don't like get up in people's faces and everyone's very respectful of that. It's great. We're safe. We're healthy. We can still enjoy being outside and you have people sitting and like, like packed in, like it's a concert at this park anyways. Uh, I, so that's just like a, a little microcosm of the fact that there is some leeway. It doesn't have to be a total shutdown. So yeah, I recognize the fact that the NHL might actually be able to pull this off, but then you see quotes from like, it's from an unnamed executive and it's not like, I'm not putting a ton of weight on this. I don't think this is the NHL's official position unless it was, I can't remember if someone actually said this, like, like a named source from the NHL said this, but it was like, Oh, if there's two cases on a team, that wouldn't necessarily mean that we'd have to shut anything down or that whole team would even need to be tested. And I was like, (laughs) pardon. (laughs) This is when I saw that too, I I was like, how are you possibly going to get the players to vote for any sort of back to work? Yeah. Vote. Like as soon as I hear that as a player, I was like, I would be like, I'm done. Like I'm not voting for anything because I've got lots of money. I could retire and 
if if my safety and my family's safety isn't a hundred percent guaranteed, it's no. Let's just wait. I don't feel bad for the billionaires. No. Yeah, you know, and like I keep hearing about people talking about these are athletes at like peak physical fitness. My like, and I'm gonna be a, a douche here and reference like like my degrees in biomedical sciences. Like this is what I studied. So I have a very small thin leg to stand on. I'm not even remotely a doctor. But I am going to speak for a second. I would argue that maximum output does not equal the same thing as peak physical fitness. And that argument is also completely moot because this uh, uh, disease affects people in different ways. You have, you know, people in their mid 30s and 40s who are perfectly healthy who croak. And you have people who are 65 years old uh, who, who beat it or only get like mild fever symptoms. It, it all it depends on a lot of different things. And at the very least, it is just a fact that it sucks to get. Even if you get it, like you are likely going to go through the worst illness of your life. Didn't, so, isn't there sort of um, potential long-term respiratory effects as well? Yep, so, like permanent lung damage. And your lungs are, are a pretty important organ if you play professional sports. Yes. And what's one of the... And, and there's a ton of pre-existing health conditions that will make it far worse for you, such as diabetes well max domi and they just put him in the playoffs and look i want hockey back i'm in favor of this like wacky 2014 proposal i'm in favor of them doing it even if it takes some months and months and months hell yeah like i'm all for it and i'm not saying the nhl has already like screwed this up or they're gonna screw it up or people are gonna like no like i don't know i don't know where the world's gonna we don't know where the world's gonna be there's no official declarations on how the nhl is gonna handle this like completely other than what speculation is and they of course are going to make the best efforts to protect the players it's just like when you hear quotes like even if two people got infected you won't even have to test the team it's like ah all right Haas, let's maybe you should (laughs) maybe maybe you should right like call me crazy but one of the requirements uh for me would be you're testing every player all the time oh uh Let's pick a player by example. Brad Marchand hasn't licked anybody lately and hasn't shown any symptoms, so we don't need to test him. No, you probably should still test him just in case. We don't know what he's licking in his spare time. <laughs> oh, man. He's never going to be a, a guest on this podcast now. <laughs> um, the, no, I, so, have, I have the name power to draw him on. Not, not, not from any fame, just actual name. Just the Bradness, yeah. The Bradness, which we always argued against, but has now finally come into handy for us. Is there another NHL player named Brad other than him? <laughs> yeah, there has to be. Why uh, can't I think? Uh, <laughs> well, Evan's Googling, don't Brad worry. Stewart? Evan. Is he still in the NHL? Nope. No, he retired a long retired. time ago. See, that was the key to the Red Wings winning cups. They needed a Brad in 08. NHL Brad. Let's see what we come up with. Brad Crisco? No, I'm kidding. That's not true. Brad Richards. Retired. Brad Park. Very retired. Huh. Brad Richardson. Also retired. No, Brad Richardson's still playing. Really? Yeah. Arizona, I think. Got Is one. It? Oh, yeah. He's only, he's 35. He's still playing. What about Brad and Holtby? <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like a bad cop show, Brad and Holtby. So just just about this draft, then we got a yet we got yet another quote today. Not today. This the, the recently over the weekend from Daly about he hopes to have something in place this week. They're still oh talking my. about there may or may not no. be. 
uh, look, if this, if we get a decision by Wednesday, this podcast will give away a jersey. I don't, I don't care. I have more trust in the conspiracy theory that 5G cell towers are causing COVID than I am that the NHL is going to have something done by Wednesday. Uh-oh. 5G cell towers uh, cause draft lottery. Uh, the draft lottery to go against Detroit. No, they caused COVID. Elon Musk's possessions caused the draft That's lottery. That's why he's delay. selling all his houses. Exactly. God. I can't keep Get up with that it, guy. Ryan. I, can't, I really can't keep up with that guy. Nobody uh, can. That's why he's so so much wealthier than the rest of us. Um, all right. So that's the lottery that we would love to discuss more. But unless you want to hear us say the same things again, but we just suggest you go back and listen to recent episodes with our proposals. Well, we until could something happen. We could just rehash the same points over and over again, and each episode just use more and more colorful language. <laughs> um okay so the return to play votes um the 24 team play in and then playoff proposal which i think was just a funny rewarding so that they could um uh get away with screwing over the draft lottery it was approved um and from that we did get some discussion of a if they're going to do this draft lottery first it's now going to be a seven team draft lottery and i think still with three winners so i still don't love that but regardless uh onto the playoffs now um there's could, could you imagine just just as an aside it being a seven team draft lottery and the wings still pick fourth yep i very well can imagine that like if it was a 15 team lottery and the red wings pick fourth my brain goes oh yeah that's a, that's a lot of teams yeah our odds weren't good to begin with cool it's fine in a seven team bricks will be shat um someone mentioned something that maybe all seven teams should have an equal shot. <laughs> and I was like, look, man, I'm not going into a big crowd of people for any reason right now, other than to riot if they make that decision. And I will. Um, the NHL PA had a lot of issues with the, the proposal for a lot of different reasons, but in the end, they again, plugged their noses and approved it. The two teams that voted against Carolina and Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay was the surprising one to me there because they get a buy. They actually were one of the teams that benefited from this. Do they uh, benefit though? Because it's yeah. such a long time off the ice, and now they're playing a team that p- just ho- played a full, you know, well, best of five series. The one thing maybe I just missed this is there for the four teams that get a buy. Is there going to be a round robin for seeding or something like that? They talked about that. They said they were going to get them games. The plan is to get them games. Um, I've seen the mention of uh, to figure out some final seeding, um, though that wasn't even confirmed, that, but they said they want to get them games just for the sole purpose of warming them up. And then someone made the point of, yeah, that's good, but it's not the same thing as playing playoff hockey. So we're essentially going to be coming in rusty regardless. And I, I think that's a good point. Like we're not talking about that, you know, NHL bye week that they put into the schedule. We're talking about months of not playing, maybe not even being on the ice. And it's not. Well, to me, it's a short term loss with a long term gain. Um, so for the teams that are playing the play in round to win the Stanley Cup, they essentially have to win five series of hockey. And most players will tell you the Stanley Cup playoffs are the most grueling thing they ever go through. And that's only a four series event. 
So I do think that it's a slight disadvantage for the teams that aren't playing to go into that first series cold against the team who did just play. But if you can overcome that hurdle, I think that extra rest will actually play in your favor the deeper you go into the playoffs. So I think that extra rest could be a benefit as long as you get over that initial, we'll call it catch up phase. So if the if the four like the actual playoff playoffs, not the play in, are all seven game series, I, I think that's fine because hell, when the Capitals won the cup in in eighteen, they went down o two to Columbus. So there's no reason to say a Tampa couldn't blow couldn't spot whoever they play a game or two and still win the series. If it ends up being a best of three or a best of five, then yeah, that that's kind of really sucks for those teams. Um, but. I mean, it's an imperfect world and there's not going to be a perfect solution. I keep reiterating that. So you got to take the good with the bad. And if you are getting exhibition games, good. Use them. If you're not, you better have some damn hard practices then. So a big story and then it ended up being a meme because it ended up being untrue. That was going around was that Pittsburgh voted against it because they did not want to play Carey Price um and then it Latang came out and said no pittsburgh actually voted in favor but it's still pretty common out there that teams do not want to play carry price if they don't have to and there's a lot of like talk like carry price is not played up to his standard of hockey for he like took a beating on twitter that day yeah he's he's not like he's not been playing good enough to warrant that kind of fear but i still think like that's a very fair argument because carry price when he's on can be the best goalie on the planet are you really going to voluntarily pick to play a team that has Carey Price on it when in a seven-game series, a goalie can make the difference for an underdog team? And in a five-game series, that's practically a coin toss. I Forget Carey Price. Carey Price is good, and he's absolutely capable of that. It It's adding another roll of the dice because any goalie can get hot at any moment. Let's not forget that Peter Mrazek came within one goal of taking out the Tampa Bay Lightning not yep. that long ago. Yeah. So, yeah, it just takes one goalie at one time and off she goes. So, if I was a team, uh, if I was like a seventh or eighth seed, I don't know if I could really argue with that much because there's no guarantee you were going to get into the playoffs in those final 10 games anyway. But if I was a five or a six seed, this would have been a hard no for me because, again... Pittsburgh should mop the floor with Montreal. Um, Chicago isn't that good anymore. Edmonton should handle their business. But man, if Carey Price or Patrick Kane or whoever gets hot for one week, your season's done. Oh, when it never should have been. It's I, I still think I'm team chaos, but I still think a 20 team playoff was the right idea. I'm still adamant that because the Rangers, Hawks and Canadians made up those teams, that's the only reason they were considering 24 instead of 20. I'm happy that they get anything going and I'm happy they finally agreed on something, even if they didn't fully agree on it. But yeah, if I'm any of those teams, Carolina, Tampa, they have a right to be pissed, of course. And I don't even think they're the teams that should be the most pissed. And they would have a, a pretty solid advantage in a, a regular year because those teams just making the playoffs have to gut out every single win, and they're probably more uh, beaten up than the Pittsburghs who can rest guys and do some load management. But now everybody's healthy. Everybody's rested. Um, and different states and provinces are going to let 
their pro athletes start training at different times. So the advantage a higher seed team has is slightly minimized by uh, all those factors. Mm-hmm. There's a lot at play here. The Rangers, I believe, can start practicing soon. Yeah. Yeah. So that's a huge advantage. Evan. Florida teams have been practicing for months. <laughs> Evan, could you squat down just a little bit when you talk so it looks like lights coming out of your mouth when you talk? <laughs> yes, I can. <laughs> That's Evan when he speaks the truth. <laughs> oh, man. Well, there's as per every episode, there's going to be more on this for next episode. Questions for return to play have now tapered off a little bit as they kind of work out the finer finer details i don't think there's going to be such a flood of news now that we've agreed or the nhl pa and nhl have agreed on an overall structure now it's how not the what it's the how and i think that's going to take a little bit more time but the the spinoff from all that is again who's involved in these lotteries is it a seven team lottery in advance are you going to try something where the teams that get bounced still get to play um are you getting or so which would theoretically mean if pittsburgh loses they go from cup favorite to getting the lexi lafreniere which no oh, but that's yeah, that's all oh my table. god we didn't even we didn't even talk about that the proposal that teams that lose oh my god could if edmonton and pittsburgh are in this lottery in any capacity i'm throwing everything in this room it that, that would be the most absurd insane thing i've ever heard well, it's, Pittsburgh's at the end of their window, so it's time that they get their next franchise oh, yeah. player to restart the clock. To, of course. To explain it, the the one of the lottery uh, proposals being discussed here is that um, it's still a full 15-team lottery, including the seven teams uh, who are firmly out of the playoffs and the eight teams that get bounced out of this um, play-in which would mean that uh, say like one of the underdog teams like the Chicago or the Montreal or Chicago or Montreal win, they move on. Then the team that they beat who are firmly a playoff team like Edmonton or Pittsburgh take their spot in the draft lottery. They might reseed to sink them lower, but they could still end up being like the 12th or 15th seed or something like that uh, in terms of draft lottery odds. And if you pick, if you have the same structure where, you know, the Red Wings at the as the 31st seed have an 18.5% chance and, and so on, um, and they still do three winners, you could have like a Chicago, Edmonton, Pittsburgh. <laughs> could you top three well well pittsburgh has the two of the best uh centermen of all time and didn't they need a lottery to get both or was it just crosby well uh, yeah. they draft they drafted malkin second overall behind ovechkin right yeah yeah and they drafted they drafted crosby with wacky lottery rules which i actually want to read off to everyone in a second to make one final point um but the they um they did need that wacky lottery to get Pittsburgh. So once, you know, Crosby and Malkin are moving out of their windows, they're of course going to pick up Quentin Byfield to continue their dominance down the middle of the ice. So that, that is a proposal that I would actually say, like, I understand that I'm not being completely unbiased in all of my takes, but that one would be ridiculous. Uh, for those of you who don't know the draft lottery in which Pittsburgh won Sidney Crosby, uh, there's no hockey played the year prior. So it was in an atypical situation where they had to make up a set of arbitrary rules to try and simulate some kind of fairness in the face of there's no fair way to do this because some team is going to benefit. Here are the rules they drew up for the draft lottery odds. Teams were weighted based on playoff appearances in the last three completed seasons and first overall pick 
picks in the last four drafts. Three lottery balls, each were assigned to teams who had not qualified for any of those playoffs and received no first overall picks. Teams which had one playoff appearance or first overall pick in those years were given two lottery balls. All other teams received one lottery ball. So Pittsburgh was one of, I believe, five or six teams that had three lottery balls. Detroit had one lottery ball for context. And Detroit picked 21st that year? I want to say 19th. It took Good uh, old Jakob Kindle. Jakob Kindle. So that is not normal draft lottery rules, but that was the NHL agreeing to an arbitrary set of rules to decide a very important draft lottery because they had no basis to move forward on their regular set of rules. Does it sound familiar? anyways let's not move at on. all let's move on to the draft prospect profile here um again we could go on this ad nauseum but uh we're going to try and wrap up a little quicker tonight and um i want to see if we can cost ourselves some money and have to give away a jersey to buy uh by having a draft lottery decision by wednesday today's nhl draft prospect profile is bah, 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 hendricks lapierre brad take us away Oh, the wild card of wild cards in the draft. Highly skilled, potential top 10 pick who hasn't played a game since November due to concussion issues. Or should I say supposed concussion issues? Because if I'm not mistaken, he had a concussion uh, very early in the season, went out, came back, played, and then suffered another injury right away that appeared to be another concussion. But apparently him and his agent are trying to state that was a neck injury now so as to not hurt his stock too much so he will be a very very fascinating one because uh like i said before the injury was in the top 10 in a lot of mocks now most rankings you'll see myself included are somewhere between 20 and 30 i mean some still have him in the teens some have him late in the second round because he's too high of a risk so who is hendrick's lap here as a player so Full transparency for me here. He wasn't super high on my list before the injuries. My initial uh, preseason look. Um, he has the tools. Unbelievable playmaker. Uh, not the fastest skater in the world, but not not poor either. Uh, more goal scoring touch than he gets credit for, which I feel is like something we've said about a lot of prospects this year. Um, big doesn't hurt. So that doesn't hurt either. My big concern with him, and it's my concern with a lot of prospects, but as I've mentioned, it's my most important tool in terms of translating to the NHL. He plays slow. Now, that works for a lot of players. Um, Ryan Getzlaff is is probably my favorite example when talking about Lapierre. Not quick, big, good puck protector, unbelievable playmaker, can still score. That's that's Hendrick Lapierre's best case scenario. That is the type of player he is to me. Um, but that type of player doesn't always translate because those skills, that playmaking ability, that puck protection has to be elite, elite, elite. If you're going to play slow. And to me, I question if Lapierre's is, and obviously losing a near a full year of development is not going to help that. So, um, to relate it to the Red Wings. I, I wouldn't mind if they took a swung at him at 32, but I don't know if many teams should be swinging at him in the first round. I, I figured he was worth the gamble in the late in the 20s, but man, that is going to be a, a yo-yo of a ranking for, well, right up until the draft. I've been enamored by Lapierre's skill to the point where 
I think a mid mid to late first would be a risk for sure, a, a significant risk. But I'm seeing the payoff of getting a guy who should have been probably a top ten pick if you know if he pans out, um, and that's why I'm kind of in favor or will have like preemptive respect for the team who takes that risk. If he falls to thirty two, I'll be actively cheering for the Red Wings to take him. With result with uh, uh, reference to his injuries, whether it's concussion or neck or both, which is often are, which it often is case in point Sidney Crosby um, those are serious and those can end careers and those can derail careers the Red Wings uh, and their fans don't have to look far uh, to find a case of that which is Johan Franzen um, his salary is still on the cap right now um, or did it finish last year I don't know am I mixing up with because I know Hanks is still on anyhow um, that's all important here are some other things to consider hockey hasn't been played since March hockey probably won't be played until i don't know september october and that's to finish this season the chl is not playing right now he's from the qmjhl in the chl so they're not playing right now so yeah he's missed out on some development but he's also got some good rest time has not tried to force his way back and the rest of the field has also been off the ice too so has it leveled the playing field for him no absolutely not but is it important to consider the fact that he's had a lot of time to recover and what do you need when you have bad concussions is time that does smooth out the edges on on the risk for me I think his his incredible two-way skill and his ability to uh, dictate play, even admittedly not at a, a very quick pace, I think that can't be overlooked. And, and you know, if this is a guy that's going 9, 10, or 11 overall, you remove the injuries from it and you'd be looking at that and saying, hey, that team that just drafted him at 11th is getting a pretty great pick. That's a guy who could possibly have should have gotten higher. Um, I like Hendricks Lapierre a lot. The position is right for a lot of teams. You know, it's hard to find a sentiment with his skill set. He's big, like you said. Um, well, he's not huge. You know, what is he? 6'1", 175, something like that. He's um, small, though. He's not small. Incredibly smart player. He plays both ways. I like that. And the injuries are not, it's an elephant in the room that you have to acknowledge. But if there's any kind of notion that that elephant is being walked out of the room and he has a clean bill of health or at least a path towards one, I'm a team at 15th overall. I'm taking that risk. I'm the Red Wings at 32 overall. I'm, I'm seriously taking that risk. And if it doesn't pan out, it doesn't pan out. And, and that's a risk you have to take. But if at pick 32, you're looking for a guy who uh, should have gone first overall or first overall in the first round. And for one reason or another, he dropped that's that he fits right into that category. How good is the Red Wings medical s- team? Um, based on history, not good. <laughs> not like a, <laughs> so that might be the type of player to stray away from then, because if you've got if you have a doctor that says, "Yep, yeah, absolutely, this kid looks good to go," based on all the medical prognosis, sure. If he's sitting at thirty two, why not pull the trigger? I don't think that's on the team doctor. But if you have, you have uh, Doctor Nick opinions. as your doctor, <laughs> hi everybody. The no neck bones connect to the elbow. And like teams, teams usually get a lot of opinions on this. Like depending on the kind of injury, they'll talk to specialists who are leaders in that field and, you know, they'll pay them, but that's not, they're not always necessarily the team doctor and, uh, concussions. It's not like, Oh, a team doctor recommended the wrong workout and a guy separated his shoulder. A concussion's a concussion's a concussion. So yeah, not sure this is a great topic to be covering right now, right after the Andreas Lilia contra, uh, article came out. <laughs> Yeah, he had to play 
uninsured because teams wouldn't insure him because of his concussion history. Uh, yeah, and he had a condition because of his concussions where doctors basically flat out said, another one could kill you. Example of a guy who should not have been on the ice. No, yeah. every Everybody involved in that situation failed. Everyone. Lilia himself for even considering it. Teams for allowing it. The doctors who signed off on it. Uh, the Red Wings themselves for allowing him to do it. Everybody failed in that situation. He can't even remember his career now. So relating it back to the topic here, uh, Lapierre is only 18. So if that trend is already starting, yeah, that's a big reason to maybe shy away from picking him at 32. Are oh, you going to make me look like a jerk for, for trying to arguing to pick him at 32, Brett? No, I, I think his <laughs> skill set's worth it, but you have to fully understand the risk there. You might get a highly skilled top 10 pick who never plays a game for you. Uh, that's fair. Um, Yeah, he's... Like he's got so much talent, which makes it such a hard decision. If this is a guy who's like a late first, early second round pick, you're not going to be surprised to see him drop to the third or fourth. Lapierre might garner enough interest where someone takes a swing. He, he's a very similar player to Arthur Kaliev when he's on, just replace uh, goal scoring with playmaking. Uh, and Kaliev, for no good reason, fell to the second round. So now you add this in. Was it uh, attitude issues with Kaliev that people were concerned about? Uh, yeah, a perceived lack of effort. And he wasn't very good defensively. Yeah, but he also scored 50 goals in the OHL in his draft year. Yeah, that'll do it. Do you know the list of players who have done that? Alex Dabrinkit, Jeff Skinner. They have pretty good track records. Who did it in the queue? Anthony Mantha. Dumb. It's dumb. I'm still mad Detroit passed on him. Oh, no, he didn't make it to that far. He got picked just before Detroit. Yeah, got him. He yeah. did. Brink did as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay. Well, with that, we are gonna shift over to overtime here a little bit sooner. Um, this is a weekend episode. Who knows what day it is anymore? Uh, we're gonna start out with Patreon, where our patrons are uh, the heart and soul of this podcast. Um, I say it again, and I'll keep saying it. You guys are the reason why we can keep doing this podcast, especially right now, as the world is trying to end around us. So, thank you all for your support. Um, we're going to start off with Adam Cowsert. He says, Hey guys, I'm curious how you feel about touching Lord Stanley. If you haven't won the cup, I feel like if you played any sort of competitive hockey, you wouldn't want to touch it, but a casual fan would go for it. I personally, uh, didn't when I saw it, but I would freak out, but I wouldn't freak out. Like if someone did, uh, on like Bieber when he did also kids get a free pass to hug the crap out of the cup. Okay. For me is if you have a path, the NHL or any kind of outside shot, you don't touch it. If you're a fan, touch it. I'd like I'll I'll touch it when I see it. Like I I'm not making the NHL. Um, I'll probably touch it when I see it. I'm firmly of the mind that no one should be allowed to lift it above their head unless they've won it. So given that I'm almost 33 years old and playing in a league that's only eight steps from the NHL, I I probably shouldn't. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um. Evan Beckner says, calling it now, the NHL will announce there's going to be a lottery for the first seven picks, and each of the seven teams outside the playoffs will have a chance to win. The Red Wings are picking sixth. Feels bad, man. Well, thank you for bringing that evil into our lives. <laughs> Garrett TV says, hockey amigos, I heard a rumor that there may be a new sport starting soon. Hockey. It's pronounced hacky. And is incredibly popular in cold places with a lot of apologizing. Uh, anyways, I think it's going to be a huge hit this summer. 
Question, which team benefits the most in this proposed hockey playoff format and round-robin tourney? In terms of a play-in round-robin, to me, that's the team with the most game-breaking players. Maybe not the best player, but the ones who can change a game single-handedly. So which team is it? I don't have a perfect solution, but I bet any money it'll end up being a goalie. Let's eventually go Red Wings. Um, The team that benefits the most if they do this, uh, factoring in where they sit in the standings, who they have, and who they're matching up against, Chicago. Because Corey Crawford has the capability of getting hot. They have a Patrick Kane. And they're playing the notoriously inconsistent Edmonton Oilers. Yeah. Um, Montreal, just because of the carry price factor, do I think he's playing enough to warrant that right now? No, but do I think it might just happen now just because people have memed the shit out of it? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, okay, let's move on here. Uh, YBK says, howdy dingbats. Regarding my question on previous episode, Slippy G reverse, uh, refers to Steven Gerrard's infamous slip against Chelsea. Yeah, I remembered it after we finished recording the episode and I hated you for it. To eventually cost Liverpool their chance at their first uh, EPL title in the 2013-14 season. You can see it here and I will not be playing that video. Um, seeing as how Ryan did not know what that referred to, I am left questioning as to when Ryan began, began rooting for Liverpool. I started rooting for Liverpool probably about 10 years ago now. Um, I, I look back on that Steven Gerrard slip, like we did not let this fucking slip that moment. The same way I look back at like the 09 Cup Finals, which is like very sparingly, I do not like to acknowledge it. And uh, honestly, this is the first time I've heard it called him called Slippy G. So um, I'm happy I avoided that nickname till now. Anyhow, on to hockey. You've mentioned via prospect profiles and general overviews what people should look for in skaters, but I'm curious as to what such categories are for goalies. The closest comparison in another sport would be a soccer goalkeeper, which would include traits like reflexes, command of penalty area, distribution of ball via either throwing or kicking, command of defensive backline. For hockey, I think it'd be along the lines of reflexes, glove and stick, agility, aggressiveness to advance or to cut off angles. Any other traits that one should be aware of when looking at goalies? Oh, rebound control. Yeah, rebound control. Um, reflexes is referred to as athleticism when talking goalie. How quickly does he get around the net? Uh, reading the play is a huge one for goalies. You got to know, is that guy on the half hole taking the shot or is that thing going cross ice? The goal, the best goalies in the world don't make that many highlight reel saves because they're not in the wrong spot. Um, when Carey Price is on, to use him as an example, those cross-ice one-timers hit him in the chest. He doesn't pull up, pick him out of the air with his glove, and he's not sprawling two-pad stack. Those hit him in the chest. Um, tech, uh, his technical skill set is important, too, because goalies who tend to flail often let in bad goals. Mrazic was a good example of a goalie with elite athleticism and bad technique. Um because how many times do we see him start running around his crease? And yeah, he made a ton of highlight reel saves, but they wouldn't have been highlight reel if he was in the right spot to begin with. Um, not that goalies can't succeed that way. I mean, Hashik and Tim Thomas made a living off of it, but in a in a stable NHL goalie, yeah, you want good technique, ability to read the play, good athleticism. Um, I, I guess rebound control, factors into technical ability because if you're doing everything right there won't be many rebounds and then for bonus points but not significant puck control like can you actually handle the puck and start a breakout 
Yakaruta says, if the draft is after the season, do you see Eisman going big game hunting and trying to acquire quality players with the excess picks the Wings have, or to be more prudent to keep adding future players with draft picks? Also, do you see Eisman taking a similar approach to free agency as last year, adding Nemeth slash Philpola type stop gaps? Um, first, uh, the Red Wings do not own picks in which he could go big game hunting unless he's planning on giving up first overall. Uh, B, even if he did, that's the wrong call. I've, I've talked because we get the free agency contract uh, question every other episode at this point. Uh, no, the Red Wings should, are not in a position to be adding the big name superstars now. They are absolutely in the position to be adding more Nemeths and Philpolas just to be stop gaps until the Rasmussen, Svechnikov, Valenos, Siders, whoever, whatever prospect you want to throw in here is ready to take that spot. There's nobody under the age or over the age of 28 worth taking. Like, it's just, it's the wrong time. I don't think the Red Wings should be eyeballing anybody over the age of 26, honestly. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Chris says, hey guys, missed a thread on Thursday, but have a fun little question for you. I'd blame my time zone difference, but I know the Aussies never miss question time. I've heard a lot of how deep this draft is this year, and I've heard from you on other pods that some of these kids would be first uh, in other years, so I it would help me and be really fun exercise to place the last four or five first overall picks in this draft. Only rules that you can only use the info from the prospects, not what they have done since the draft. I'd love to hear when some of the former first picks would land in this really top heavy draft. Thanks for the great pod. Okay. Huh. I like that. So going back one year, uh, if you dropped Jack Hughes in this draft to me, he's going to, yeah, I think he's two, but just barely based on what we knew of him at the time. Um, if Darlene were in this draft, I think that's a coin flip. I think Darlene goes first because of the premium that defense gets. I think I think Darlene would. No, I don't think he'd go first. I mean, it depends on the team. I think this might be a positional need. I think if Detroit were picking first overall with Lafreniere and Darlene available, uh, with their system as it is now, they probably go Lafreniere. But I would say 20 out of the 31 teams would go Darlene. Uh, Nico Heischer, I think, would fit in. Heischer? Oh, man. Uh, Maybe behind, like, Stutzel slash Raymond. I'm, I'm thinking five or six uh hey. Pe- petter petterson would go first knowing what we know now <laughs> yeah okay based on pre-draft hype who goes first lexi lafreniere or austin matthews oh matthews it's matthews right yeah, yeah it's matthews I, I i not that it's not close but i don't think there'd be much debate there uh blake Berger says hey guys not sure if you've had the chance to see a wood 40s highlight reel of cider from this season but it's wonderful i fully drank the kool-aid and i'm so excited for this kid to make it to detroit curious to hear what your guys thought uh, thoughts are on cider seed cider's season also really wanting to get a new jersey but now i'm debating between heronic or waiting for cider or if we get another franchise goalie like jimmy am i a fool thanks for all you do and stay safe oh i vote cider actually i vote heronic and cider just get two man one home one away um number 1753 you can fit it on um thoughts on cider season i mean could you have hope for a better season no like this is a kid who could have played in the nhl considering the team above him he was very intentionally kept down because there was no point of just playing him putting him on a train that was going off the rails um 
so and he did a great job in grand rapids like he had his struggles like any kind of uh, any players flipping to the ahl would he also stepped up and was hugely dominant physically and defensively we saw some out- offensive output from him he's been inc- incredibly well embraced by the red wings uh organization all the way down to grand rapids fans love him he seems to be fitting in great um and he's he's the premier prospect in the red wing system right now um and again i'm going to keep referencing back was he our favorite pick at the time no but this is a guy who now has an opportunity to be detroit's number one defenseman and i think he, he took a great step this year uh he was the best version of him that we could have hoped for he didn't really surprise us and w- with any uh skill sets we we didn't know he had uh his offense was probably a little better than we thought it would be at that level but it wasn't spectacular he still missed uh some offensive zone reads his his defensive side of the game was immaculate we were surprised by how physical he actually was against men his breakout passes were fantastic so yeah he's got all the makings of being a very 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 solid top pairing d right now if everything progresses as it as it hopefully does and let's not forget that if um, a global pandemic didn't hit, he was probably going to get nine games this year. Uh, Jake Nagy says, I remember when you're all huge fans of Valeno and how exciting it was to snag him with the 30th pick, despite no one thinking he could fall that far, excluding the top 10 or so prospects who would be your dream pick for Detroit at 32. Uh, oh, Jarvis? Mike? Uh, out of, hold on, let me pull up my rankings. So I had Valeno ranked 11. I believe going into that draft. So if my 11th ranked prospect fell to us at 32, we'd be getting Jack Quinn. Yes, oh, please. Jack Quinn would be wild. Connor Zary would be another one, like a, a guy who plays center. Maverick Bork, a guy who plays center. Pretty Bork. much just looking for sentiment. I think Bork, there is a reality in which it happens. Not a strong one, but a reality. And if you're looking for non-centerman, Jeremy Poirier. And I will be shocked if that happens. Shocked because defensemen go high in drafts. Uh, Alex Ott says, what are uh, what are your guys's, uh, what are some of your favorite all-time sellies? Kills me to say, but I think Patrick Kane's are usually pretty sweet. The Yakupov one, but for not good reasons, where he like slid all the way down the ice is oh, easily I- one of the biggest homer moves of all time i mean you he it was his rookie year he tied the game with like a second and a half left have at it son stick on uh the stick on fire Sally, because it pissed off the hashtag hockey men okay i have uh, (laughs) if guarantee brad has done whatever he's about to suggest no no my favorite Sally of all time kills me because of who it happened for. I love the player, hate the team. My favorite Selly of all time is Austin Matthews scoring against Colorado, turning around and pointing at the net, doing the goal signal right in front of the ref. After a few minutes earlier, he had a goal waved off because of a very ticky tacky goaltender interference at the height of the silly season with goalie interference reviews. Having that goal called back, going out there minutes later, burying a goal, turning around and just goal signal towards the net right in front of the ref is just art. That's hilarious. The Artem Anisimov uh, one, too, is super weird where he pretended to have a gun and shot at the net. <laughs> I remember oh my that. Goodness. 
Oh man. Uh, if you go back in like the old days, there were some ridiculous ones. Tiger Williams and uh, Ty Domi riding the stick. Always a good time. I think Cliff Ronning did it too. T. Mussolini shooting the duck out of the air. Uh, <laughs> oh, um, Cordell Taves says, Hey guys, I do landscaping yard maintenance over the summer, primarily mindless work. So when my mind has tons of time to wander, uh, I think about a lot of things. One thing that my mind keeps coming to is that despite how bad the sharks were this year, they're still in their window based on the age of the roster and their current contracts. With that said, Martin Jones could be an interesting player for the Red Wings to target. He's 30 years old and he's owed $5.75 million for the next four years, taking him to 34. After two poor seasons, the Sharks may be willing to pay a team a small asset such as a third rounder to take him off their hands, which leaves them enough money to go for someone like Laner. If the Wings could swing something like that, the worst case scenario is that we have a fringe goalie on a not-so-great contract for a few seasons. But if he can play as good as Bernier did for a year or two in the Wings, then a contender looking for a goalie may be willing to give up a few picks to get him. The risk may outweigh the reward, but he isn't too old yet, and I'm curious to know your thoughts on it. It would take more than a third-round pick to get Detroit to take that contract. That is an albatross of a contract for statistically one of the worst goalies in the NHL over the last two to three years. This isn't a guy that you're you're trading for hoping that he rebounds. This is a guy that you're trading for to get a significant asset out of San Jose, which given how uh, their draft is about to happen, I don't think they're going to be in the mood to give up assets. So they're going to be in the mood to sign uh, someone like a Robin Leonard and hope that they can afford to tandem this to get some competent goalie because they're not moving that contract without retaining a good chunk of it. I've seen Martin Jones let in the first shot in a game enough times to kind of be turned off of him, honestly. Uh, Dead Panda Society says, you have satisfied my question about the straw. So next super dumb question is, if a piece of gum is 10 calories, does that include the chewing of it or if you swallow it too? Also, I've just added pearl to my island and i'm super stoked she is a cutie that's uh animal crossing question for you evan Um, my favorite game of all time his favorite game of all time um i believe the gum would be just for chewing it not swallowing like what you get just from like sugars coming out of it yeah exactly they uh on the instructions nowhere does it say swallowing so they have to assume that isn't going to happen because where the calories are coming from is for all the sugar that you're chewing out of it and by the time you've chewed all the sugar out of it you're just basically swallowing rubber so whatever cal- caloric counter rubber band would have is what the gum would add uh, stay at home cheese bags of fornia company says time for everyone's favorite game the Dimitro Timoshov one-for-one trade game. But no, seriously, is he actually leaving for Dynamo Riga of the KHL or is his agent trying to drum up his value via free free market speculation? Drumming up the value, if the rumor's even true. Because remember, uh, who, who are the two European prospects the Red Wings were supposed to sign however Michael many months Lundenberg ago? Michael and Thomas Fristenstein. Like, I think, I, think one, I think one of them signed with San Jose now. Um yeah, unnamed Europe, unconfirmed, unnamed European sources. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna ignore those until something comes to fruition. Remember when Alex Kadakin was coming over to play in Detroit? You know that half a point per game player in the KHL that, for some reason, the Red Wings would have wanted to come over at this point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That didn't happen. So, I'm buying nothing. 
Uh, I hope the NHL gets this all sorted out and we see some kind of hockey soon. However, in the event of a second coronavirus wave, I really hope they shut down again for the safety of the players and personnel involved. If that were to happen, how would the season playoffs and draft play out? Oh, <laughs> oh my God, man. What, if there's no season? Yeah, if they have to shut down again, like they, they have to re... There would like, be no season. Back. That I would think, be it. I think it at that point they cancel that season. Yeah, there's no way. They would be like, all right, well, let's just hope we can start next season in October then. Really, we'll uh, have to figure out how Chicago can win the Stanley Cup and get Lafreniere, though. That'll be a bit of a headache. It'll be oh. tough, yeah. It'll be a 31-team lottery, and somehow uh, Edmonton wins it again. Lastly, if the league does a lottery for the seven non-playoff teams, then my suggestion would be to include any of the 9 to 12, te- 12, nine to 12 seeds in the lottery that get bounced in the play-in round. Any 5 to 8 seeds that get bounced in the play-in round don't get included in the lottery, but are instead ranked in reverse order of regular season finish after the lottery participants are finalized. How does that sound? Horrible to the uh, teams that are ranked 5 to 8. So wait, you're telling us you're decreasing your odds of making the playoffs playoffs for no good reason, and then you're going to reward the teams that lose for the sake of being losers yeah no that that'll never fly be safe stay at home if you can if you have to go out keep your masks on and stay six feet away just because lockdowns are being lifted doesn't mean the virus is gone coming from someone who recovered from coronavirus you don't want it osgood for hall of fame stay home cheese bags d lark says what's up guys if you each had to pick a current favorite detroit prospect that was not drafted in the first round who would it be Ah. was not drafted in the first round jared mcisaac robert master simone oh that's a good one albert johansson he's get he's growing on me yeah i I still have mcisaac and tuomisto ahead of him in terms of how i think they're going to progress or what their ceilings are but johansson might be the most intriguing of them because of his skill set um, and then this next question, actually, Evan, what's yours? I can't even think right now. <laughs> it's getting darker and it's getting darker and darker in my room and my eyes are just closing. Uh, you got Bergeron, you got McIsaac. Bergeron, there we go. There we go. I don't even know what the question was. <laughs> just <laughs> dying. The next question or the next comment here is from uh, Alexi Lafreniere and it's in all French. So rather than subject you guys to my very rusty Quebecois French, yeah, I've, yeah, I'll put it in Google Translate here. Is hello, idiots who talk. I'm Alexi Lafreniere. Thank you for winning the lottery so you don't have to go to Ottawa. I think it, so I don't have to go to Ottawa. I don't want my career to die. Hockey jersey time. What are your three favorite active rotation hockey jerseys? Not the Red Wings. What do you mean active rotation? Let's like they're be, currently being used. Like they, a third jersey or something, but it can't be like last year's Winter Classic or anything like that. So you have to kind of factor in all the jerseys that they routinely wear. Yeah. Um, oh boy sacrilege here but colorado's um third jerseys well i are i thought are we not talking about their full rotation in which case i still pick colorado because i I really like the regulars and i like their third uh i can't remember which way he or how he meant that or i i I can't decide how he wrote in french yeah um i'll go colorado even though they don't have a third i'll still throw vegas in there i have went i've died on the hill for the rangers numerous times i still will um i'll say colorado's third st louis is st louis yeah st louis's rotation is strong uh kachina arizona yeah that's a good one yeah 
Um, okay. Time for a couple of Reddit questions before we wrap up. I know you guys have to go. Um, Caltroit Red Flame says, at what point do you think the NHL should have closed the doors in the season? A good portion of players, I imagine, have been shut out, shut off from the ice for weeks, and I imagine throwing them immediately into the playoffs will see a huge increase in injuries as, uh, as compared to a normal playoff where everyone is used to playing after a long regular season. It's something we see during training camp and preseason, so what's going to stop it from happening here? I, le- I legitimately think if they have to pull back and, and reimpose some restrictions that's when the nhl calls it yep if if there's any delays at this point it's not they realistically like how long would five rounds of playoff hockey take into october end of september yeah. uh, like optimistically so if they crank that out by the end of september you're talking about a uh, early december um new season so yeah i i think any delay from early july it's not happening so you have to have them back in training camp probably within the next three to four weeks rg6x is something to keep in mind if the team decides to take blashill back for the optional year ricard gronberg has exactly one more year left on his contract in zurich just saying and that's important because new jersey tried to hire him good for that but they couldn't because um zurich wouldn't let him out of his contract apparently uh, Joe Cool Reads says, fun fact, Dylan Larkin will be the uh, second ever American-born Red Wings captain, just the fourth non-Canadian. The two obvious non-Canadians being Lidstrom and Zetterberg. Would you like to guess the other American? The answer is, and it's blocked oh, out I'm, here. I'm, I'm trying to think. Uh, American. Uh, oh. Wasn't. It w- hold on. Do you, ha- do you have the answer in front of you? Yeah, but I, ha- gonna, I haven't revealed I, I, it yet. I'm going to guess an era. You tell me if I'm correct. 80s. Oh, do you want me to look at it? Yeah. Okay, hold on. Let me look it up here. I'm I have a know. guess. I have two guesses, but I want to know if I got the error right. Yeah, 80s, 80s is right. Reed Larson. From, yeah, it's Reed Larson. Look at that. Good for you, Brad. I would not have guessed Reed Larson. Uh, and last comment here from Zaptrez. Damn it, says, with the 2014 playoff, there's no possible way we don't get boosted odds. I can't imagine any justification for them giving a team a shot at the cup and full normal lottery odds. At least some of those percentage points will be redistributed to the bottom seven. I imagine the bottom seven's interest couldn't be entirely ignored while the fringe teams get both the advantage of the playoffs and lottery odds. They're probably just working out the details of any lottery odds retained by fringe teams and how to distribute them based on playoff success. I pray to Gord that you are right. Um, we didn't even mention with this back to play thing being approved that assuming this does happen, we don't see another Red Wings game to likely December. Yep. Yeah. All of our bitching and moaning about not just let it end. Oops. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. They did the big end. (laughs) Going to the big sleep now. Uh, with that, we're going to wrap up this uh, weekend episode. We will be back to you midweek, hopefully with some draft lottery news. Uh, we'd like to thank all of our listeners, our name level sponsors, the septic tank of that bitch, Carol Baskins, Arjun Shanker, Jeremiah Dobo, Jake Kiefer, by Felicia, Dead Panda Society, Brad Smith, Andrew Bohan, Scott Martin, Kayla Thompson, Jacob Turner, Matt McKay, Brandon M, Matthew M Rice, Luke Johnson, Ryan Lewis, Langabeer, Clayton Van Dyken, Kalen Wood, Hassam Al-Kassem, Charlie Elkins, Hannah Lee, Josh Rosnowski, Alex Ott, Chris Frank, Connor Leighton, Danny Jr., Matthew Keeler, Craig Kibble, Simon Anderson, Antonio Gracias, John Evans, Kwaz, and Stan Olson. Thank you all. Hopefully I am nice and air-conditioned by the next time we speak. Otherwise, I might be a good medium rare for the next episode. Evan, go to sleep. 
Okay. Thanks for tuning in to the Winged Wheel Podcast. Be sure to check out wingedwheelpodcast.com where you can subscribe to the show on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll also find links to other ways to support the show, such as Patreon, official podcast apparel, and more. And don't forget to follow the show on Twitter at Winged Wheel Pod. And of course, the hosts at Brad Crisco, at Ryan Hanna WWP, and at Hockey Town Evan.